Hello everyone, this is Devos with D, and I'm Pastor D from the Heights Church. So glad you could join me either on Spotify, on Facebook, or on YouTube. And you may say, Pastor D, where are you? Well, I'm in my kitchen in my house. And you said, oh, are we doing a cooking session? No, no, not at all. We're going to be studying the names of God. And so let's get right into it. But first of all, let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks and praise and honor. We invite you in tonight. And Lord, we want to learn more about you because who else better to learn about than you? And we give you praise and honor for what you're going to do in our lives as we learn more about you. And so we honor you tonight. We esteem you. You are the marvelous God. And so we give you thanks and praise for this lesson. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's do a just kind of a mini recap. You say, why are we studying the names of God? Well, we say we're believers, right? So as believers, we say God is our father. Let's learn more about that important person. When you are dating someone, you ask questions about them. You want to know about their family. You want to know about their history. So we need to find out more about God. How many names of God are there? They, some people say there are seven. Some people say there are 20. Some say there are 100. And I've seen as many as 1,000. I don't really know how many actual names there are of God. But there could probably be a million trying to describe our God. So what do those names mean? They describe God's character and how he relates to us as human beings. Why are those there so many names? Because I just mentioned it a moment ago. God is ineffable. And what does that mean to be ineffable? It means that God is too great. God is too extreme. God is too other to be expressed and described in words. So we try because we're human beings and we use words to describe things. But God is greater probably than any of the words, even if we had a million words to describe him. They probably still would only hit the tip of the iceberg. Why are names important? Names are important because they contain meaning for you and I. Say you and I were walking down the street and you said, Pastor D, look at that. Well, I wouldn't know exactly what you were telling me to look at unless you said, Pastor D, look at the car using a name. And that way I knew not to look at a boat or a motorcycle or a wagon. You said, Pastor D, look at the car. So names have meaning for us. Names have power to define the world in certain terms, to label reality and determine people's perceptions of it. Those names can even define who we are. Researchers suggest that personal names are closely bound up with a person's identity and that their name is even linked to their future chances of success. I want to give you an example of that. The root of my name comes from either the Latin or the Spanish, and it's dolor, D-O-L-O-R, which means sorrow. But I thought, how awful is that when I found out it meant sorrow? So I wanted a more godly version, so I saw something in a... Um, a Bible bookstore one time, and it said my name meant 
compassion. And I like that a lot because I am very compassionate. Names can attempt to influence the way we think or feel about a person or a thing. Names are symbolic in scripture. God changed Abram's name. Abram's name meant exalted father. But when he changed, when God changed it to Abraham, it meant father of many nations because God said out of him would come many. They would be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. So let's look at the specifically at the name we want to study tonight. God's name, Jehovah Shema. Jehovah Shema. And it means the Lord is there. The first part of the name means the eternal I am, the existing one. The second part suggests he is there or he is present. Jehovah Shema, <clears throat> excuse me, Jehovah Shema and Emmanuel mean the exact same thing. Because Jehovah Shema means the Lord is there. Emmanuel means God with us. I saw this as I was studying, as they were speaking about Jehovah Shema. They said, this shows omnipresence of the Lord, which is or exists everywhere a continuous presence in each part of time, in the hereafter, in the present, and in the future. The Lord is there. All the perfections of God, both revealed and undisclosed, are eternal, continuous, and permanent perfections. God reveals himself unceasingly. He is already in our tomorrow. Wow, that just blows my mind. God is in our tomorrow. So we don't have to worry about what's ahead because God is already there. Hallelujah. So again, Jehovah Shammah and Emmanuel mean the same thing. Jehovah Shammah is a symbolic name for the earthly Jerusalem. And it's also a name for the future city of Jerusalem or the millennial city. If you look at this name, Jehovah Shammah, in the chapter that we're about to go to and look at the verse, it indicates that God has not abandoned Jerusalem and is not leaving it in ruins, but there will be restoration. You and I know that God did not leave us in ruins because before we knew him, whether we knew it or not, we were in ruins. We were in pieces. We were shattered. But thank God he will not only restore us, but God makes us new. He transforms us. So I am so excited about that. I'm glad he didn't leave me the way I was. So let's look at that scripture that I just mentioned in Ezekiel. That's where we're going. The book of Ezekiel. Maybe you don't always read that book, but we'll talk a little bit more about it because a lot of times people don't read the, New, the Old Testament. They focus more on the New Testament, but there is so much for us to learn in the Old Testament. So let's go to Ezekiel 48, verse 35. And I'm going to read that scripture in the NIV, and it says this. And the name of that city 
from that time on will be the Lord is there. So that's where Jehovah Shema comes from. And it is only here in this verse in the 48th chapter of Ezekiel. That's the only place that you'll find it. So because we went to Ezekiel, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about the author of that book. And I'm going to give you a little bit more. So we're going down a maybe a little slight um, bunny trail, but it's pertinent to Jehovah Shema. So Ezekiel was a 6th century Jewish prophet and priest. And they think he was about age 30 plus or minus. He was a descendant of Zadok, who was the chief priest during King David's time. Ezekiel was one of the four major prophets, the others being Isaiah, Daniel, and Jeremiah. He was exiled in Babylonia, and he was a contemporary of Jeremiah. So he was in Babylonia, and Jeremiah was still in Jerusalem. In the spirit, he saw terrible events in Jerusalem. So Ezekiel was one of those that had visions and dreams and prophesied. So he was, you know, and when they say major prophets, they don't mean just because of the, the acts that they did. They mean because they had more writings than the other prophets. He was the only prophet that ministered to the people of outside of the Holy Land. And the central figure of the book of Ezekiel is God. So I, I told you we're going to look a little bit more about what's in chapter 48 of Ezekiel. Chapter 48 of Ezekiel is Ezekiel's last vision. And they think it happened 25 years after the exile and 14 years after Jerusalem was destroyed. Scholars believe that in Ezekiel 48, that this is talking about a future city with Jesus reigning as king. It, it says God is going to establish a specific form of worship that pleases him and a new way of living. So what is God saying to us from Ezekiel 48? Because sometimes you, you want to say, well, oh, he was just talking to Israel. No, the Bible speaks to us. Yeah, specific prophecies are for Israel. But still, underlying, God is saying something to us, and we need to find out what he's saying. I believe God is saying in chapter 48 that he wants to live with his people. God wants to dwell with us. He wants to reside with us. He wants to abide with us. God wants us to abound in his work while we're still in the earth. Because, you know, once we get to heaven, we don't need to be thinking about what we, we can do on earth because we're not coming back. Our labor is never in vain in the Lord. And God will reward us for our labors. God wants our worship. Who else deserves the worship except God, who sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to worship that God. I want to worship the God that brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. God wants to be good to all of us. God wants to be good to all of us. This is what Charles Swindoll said. And Charles Swindoll is with Insight for Living Ministries. 
He said, the book of Ezekiel reminds us to seek out the Lord in those dark times when we feel lost and to examine our own lives and to align ourselves with the one true God. There is only one true God. There are a lot of little mini gods, but they're all false gods. So let's look at the name Jehovah Shammah. Let's first look at Jehovah. Jehovah is the Latinization of the Hebrew proper name for God. Jehovah was popularized in the English-speaking world by William Tyndall and other people. The name is from the Tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton. That's quite a mouthful, isn't it? But let me look deeper into Tetragrammaton because I want you to understand what that means. Tetragrammaton is the combination of four Hebrew letters to form the ancient Hebrew name of God. And that is Y-H-W-H, or as we say today, Yahweh. We add the other letters to make it Yahweh. Most scholars point to Y-H-W-H, or Yahweh, first appearing in the Bible when God manifests himself to Moses in the burning bush. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And that was when Moses asked, what is his name? This I am is to be understood to be Yahweh or Y-H-W-H. And the reason why they did that, because they didn't want to take God's name in vain. They wouldn't even say his name. It means he is who he is. He who is, or he who brings into being, or he, let me correct that, he who brings being into being. Isn't that marvelous? He brings being into being. Jehovah designates his nature as he stands in relation to man. So that name designates his nature as he stands in relation to man, as the only almighty, true, personal, holy being, a spirit, and the father of spirits. He is the Lord, the eternal living one. I was looking on mybible.com and it said this about the I am, Jehovah. Jehovah is translated as the existing one or the Lord. The chief meaning of Jehovah is derived from the Hebrew word Hava, H-A-V-A-H, meaning to be or to exist. It also suggests to become or specifically to become known. Let's look at Shema. Shema. And it's derived from is derived from the Hebrew word sham, which can be translated as there or at that place. This is the last name. Jehovah Shammah is the last name through that was revealed to Old Testament prophets. This is the last one we see in the Old Testament prophets. So where are there examples that the Lord is there? I want to share a few with you. Let's look at these scriptures. The first one is in Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, 
in the first part of that verse. I'm reading it from the NIV. And it says, remember, and this is Moses speaking to the people. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. He's saying right there, the Lord was there because the Lord led them. He couldn't lead them if he wasn't right there with them. Let's look at Psalm 46 and 1 in the NIV. It says there, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. So the writer of the psalm is saying he's an ever-present help. He's there. Then I remembered in the book of 1 Kings 18, the prophet Elijah. Elijah battled on Mount, top of Mount Carmel the prophets of Baal. He wanted people to know that God is the real God. And he said, let the God who answers by fire, let that be God. He wanted the people to know, I want you to follow the God that answers by fire because he is the real God. So the prophets of Baal did everything they could to wrestle up their God. But of course, their God is a false God. They cut themselves. They jumped. They leaped. They hopped. But never was there a manifestation from their God. But with Elijah, he prayed and God came down by fire on his offering. So the God that answers by fire, that God was God and God was there. He was there with Elijah against those prophets of Baal. Also, after this occurrence on Mount Carmel, Queen Jezebel sent word to Elijah saying that she was going to kill him. So he ran away. I can understand that. In a way, I can understand. In a way, I can't. You just saw God answered by fire. God was with you. But of course, sometimes we're afraid of things. So he ran off. And he was in the mouth of a cave when he heard God speak to him in a still, small voice. So even though he ran from the area, from the area of Samaria, Samaria even though he ran from that area trying to get away from Jezebel, God was still there with him. The Lord was there in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. I read this in a 2013 Bible study called The God Behind the Names. The one who in the Old Testament came in occasional mysterious appearances as the angel of the Lord, the angel of his presence, the angel in whom is Jehovah's name, became Christ, both the presence itself and the temple in whom the presence resided, so that in him and of him it could be said, Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. So when Jesus was on the face of the earth, the Lord was there in Jesus Christ. He is here right now in the person of the Holy Spirit. So God is here. He's with us. The Lord is always there. Don't ever think, oh, I'm by myself. The Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah is with you. I'm going to end with this quote. And it's by C.S. Lewis. And I want you to just meditate on this, will you? 
We may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. Our God can't be seen, but he's here walking places with us. He is with us. He is there. And we don't ever have to be concerned. Our God doesn't leave us. Our God doesn't forsake us. He'll be by our side even to the end of the age. Will you pray with me? Father, I just thank you for your word. You are Jehovah Shammah in our lives. We thank you that your presence is here by virtue of the Holy Spirit who is in us, whom you sent. And we give you all the thanks and praise to find out more about you as these weeks roll on. Lord, we are thankful because we want to be closer. We want to draw nigh of you. And we love you, we adore you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.